We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd pick up the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and then you pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important where you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you couldn't bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're that kind of guy that likes to bet on a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you multiply your winnings. And no matter how your bet is, NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ang today. You play, you win, you get paid. Week 3 of the NFL season is here. The Detroit Lions are facing the Philadelphia Eagles. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we're going to break down the Philadelphia Eagles roster and also look at the injury report on both teams, the Detroit Lions and also the Philadelphia Eagles. We also have some Lions transaction news with the running back position. Will the Lions come out with the victory against the Philadelphia Eagles? Find out on episode 43 of the Pride Podcast. guys welcome back to the pride podcast episode 43 on the blue wire network and today for this episode we got a big matchup just want to mention our man pierre is not with us today but who do we got on the podcast with us today we got malcolm yes sir malcolm is back he had to miss last episode because he was actually flying in or flying back to miami from detroit so Malcolm, I, we didn't get to talk about the Eagles game. I just want to get your quick thoughts and reaction. Just make it nice and simple. 
What are your thoughts and reactions from that Eagles or that Chargers game? That game was crazy, man. That game was crazy. That Kenny Galli touchdown that was right in front of us was insane. And then that Derek, when Derrick got the interception, man, the whole the whole stadium erupted, man. That was definitely um, a memory that I probably would never forget, man. I, I actually can't wait to go back. I, I'm going to plan a trip either end of this year or, you know, definitely for next year. I'm definitely coming back. Hell of an experience. Can't wait to um, go back. Awesome, man. Awesome, man. Yeah, I just want to get your quick thoughts and reactions because some of the listeners were curious to hear your thoughts and reactions because you were um, didn't get to express it, obviously, because you weren't here. But we got a big matchup, Philadelphia Eagles. Detroit is flying out with a 1-0-1 record. But before we get into the Philadelphia Eagles, I kind of want to get into some, I guess you could say some breaking news that the Detroit Lions made this week. Some people caught off guard. My Instagram was blowing up. I saw Pierre's Instagram was blowing up from this news. Uh, the Lions, after two weeks, part ways with their backup running back, veteran running back, CJ Anderson. And they uh, claimed running back Paul Perkins from the New York Giants. And Malcolm, I want to kind of get your thoughts and reactions of this move that the Detroit Lions made with CJ Anderson. I mean, with CJ, I mean, I. Thank you, CJ, for what you did, but it just wasn't working out. Like, you could just tell that it wasn't working out. It, it, it kind of looked like when he got the ball, it kind of looked like the LeGarrette Blunt situation that we had last year. It kind of looked like it. I mean, he was he was getting positive yards. Like, LeGarrette Blunt was just getting negative yards. But when you're averaging 2.6 yards per carry, it's, it's, it's not going to cut it. And then... You, when you're trying to improve the running game, you know your running game is struggling. And you see that your third-string running back is averaging six yards a carry. So you're put in a situation, do you bench C.J. Anderson or do you give C.J. Anderson the opportunity to find a job where he could be a backup somewhere? So I think the, the Lions, I mean, yeah, they cut him. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's probably it was best for CJ to find a job rather than, than for him to just get benched um, by Ty Johnson and barely see the field. So I think it was a definitely a move that they wanted to make to improve this run game. And I just can't wait to see it. Yeah, I think it's definitely an interesting situation. Um, did I think the Lions would give up on CJ Anderson this early on? I did not. Um he obviously did not look good out there, and you mentioned kind of being in that Legarrette Blunt role, kind of what Legarrette was doing last year. You know, he did a better job, in my opinion. He did, but yeah, he did. Uh, but like you mentioned, Ty Johnson, when he got the opportunity, especially in that that Chargers game last week, he, he just you know excelled. He exceeded um, expectations, and he was like you said, averaging six yards per carry. And uh, there was that one specific drive in the second quarter in that game, and he was just getting positive yards after positive yards, and he looked really sharp out there. And, you know, he's a rookie, and, you know, he can only just get better. You know, he's got the speed. I'm not going to lie. I kind of like the move because uh, when we were actually watching that game versus the Chargers specifically, we were kind of like, you know, we were like did not like when C.J. Anderson was out there. It was just kind of like, ah, oh, man, it has to be a play action when he's out there because we don't want to see C.J. running that ball. And you just kind of don't want to see that one of your backs out there. And, you know, it makes sense, man. And uh, kind of relating more to Paul Perkins now, like why did they bring Paul Perkins in for that matter? I mean, I, I saw some solid stuff out of Paul Perkins. You know, he missed, I believe, all of last year with an injury. 
And then 2017, it wasn't a great year. But I saw some flashes in 2016. I mean, I know a lot of fantasy guys know who Paul Perkins is. He was a lot of waiver wire pickup guy who yep. kind of just killed it at the end of the year. So um, I knew who Paul Perkins was just because of fantasy reasons. And um, I think, you know, now I think promoting Ty Johnson to that running back two role, kind of easing in Paul Perkins to that role, kind of be maybe like that Zach Zenner in this team, kind of like, you know, be the pass protector because – when I watched C.J. Anderson, I think the move came down. He wasn't good in pass protection, and that's just not going to cut it out because there's not really a running back on the Detroit Lions that is great in pass protection. They don't have that theoretic like they had in years past. They don't have that Zach Center who were pretty solid in pass protection. And maybe with C.J. not really doing much on the ground game, not really doing much on the you know protection game, the pass protection, I think it's time to look at you know a new body, try to get something else in. I think Paul Perkins could maybe be a pass, better pass protector in this offense compared to C.J. Anderson. So I, I do understand the move. And like you related, this might be just better off for C.J. Anderson in general. Um, you know, I, I think this is a move where it could benefit him more. It's kind of a win-win for both teams, I think, because I think the Lions could get themselves a better pass protector. You're on your, your six-round rookie who's been looking really good out there the first two weeks, getting a bigger role. Uh, you know, I'm not going to complain about the move. I actually really like the move, to be fairly honest. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely. I think it's going to actually it's going to show on the field. If you give Ty more more touches, give uh, Carry On Johnson more touches between those two, man. And this happened a lot sooner than I expected. I knew this was going to happen. I thought possibly next year mm-hmm. they um you know let go CJ then roll with Ty. It happened a lot sooner than I expected. I knew it was going to happen. And it happened, so... Just not this soon. Yeah, it, it was yeah. a little shocking how soon it came. But the Lions actually did make another move, not as drastic as that one, but they did cut backup quarterback Josh Johnson, and, who is now part of the Blue Wire team. So welcome, Josh Johnson, if you are listening. Welcome to the Blue Wire yes, team. Yes, yes, Josh, Josh Johnson is a part of the Blue Wire team. So yeah, um, welcome. Yes, but yeah, the, the Lions did part ways with Josh Johnson and ended up signing quarterback Jeff Driscoll from the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, I just want to hear your kind of quick thoughts on that. I was a little confused about the move, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Josh Johnson, he he looked like he was going to be a solid number two quarter um, quarterback for the team. When they cut him, I just I was just shocked. I was just shocked. Um, they it, it just shows that they have a lot of um, confidence. It seems like they have a lot of confidence in David Blau. So, I mean, I, I just don't know. What, what about you, man? Yeah, I was kind of caught off guard, honestly, when I saw the Adam Schefter tweet that the Detroit Lions released Josh Johnson. And when I originally saw the tweet, we didn't know the transaction was coming with it. So I'm like, okay, David Blau's been in the system for a few weeks now. They traded for him. Maybe they're not confident he's the backup. So I thought the Lions would maybe potentially go back to a back, back to a two-quarterback situation instead of the three-quarterback situation. But then, you know, we hear a few minutes later, a few, you know, 10 minutes later, whoever it was, we get the tweet saying that the Lions signed quarterback draft school. And I was kind of like, okay. Um, it just didn't really make much sense. It, it didn't make much sense to me. It was like... It did it. Um... I thought they were, you know, parting ways with Josh Johnson because they thought the rookie David Blau was ready to become the backup, and then then maybe they can go with the quarterback on the practice squad and maybe use that spot to 
I don't know, something else, you know, something maybe like an offensive lineman, maybe like another defensive lineman, whatever the hell it could be. I didn't expect another quarterback, to be honest, but and especially another rookie. So it was definitely an interesting situation. I'm, I'm still kind of like, I don't know. I, I still don't understand the move. Everybody's confused. I actually don't see him lasting too long on the team. Yeah. I give it two weeks. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> I thought he could have been a practice squad guy, honestly, because I understand you want three quarterbacks in your system. Doesn't necessarily mean you need three quarterbacks in your 53-man roster. That's just the difference. And it just kind of caught me a little off guard seeing that the Lions went with another rookie quarterback instead of going with the veteran Josh Johnson. It was just a little odd to me, but I mean, I guess it is whatever. But that's enough with the Lions transactions. Let's talk about the injury report. So I want to get into the injury report real quick for both teams. I want to start off with the Detroit Lions side of the ball. A pretty relatively not a bad injury report at all. So we got cornerback Rashawn Melvin. He is questionable. We got linebacker Jared Davis, who is questionable. We got safety CJ Moore, who is questionable. We got offensive tackle Taylor Decker, who is questionable. We got defensive line Deshaun Hand questionable. And what we've heard from Twitter, from our beat writers, Guys like Dave Burkett, guys like Justin Rogers, Pride of Detroit, all those guys. Shout out to all you guys. Sorry if I missed any of you. We're looking like it's a solid chance that Jared Davis and Taylor Decker come back this week. So that could be huge for the Lions football team. Huge. And, yeah, and let's get into this big-ass injury report. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Let me, oh, uh, I don't wear glasses, but I might need glasses for this big injury report because it's so small writing that there's so many guys on this list, but let's just get into it. Okay, so we got running back Corey Clement, who did not participate in practice all week. He is ruled out. Wide receiver Jason Jackson is ruled out. Jesus. We have defensive tackle Tim Jernigan, who is ruled out. We have offensive tackle Jordan Malatala. Sorry if I mispronounced your name. Oh, okay, I mis- for sure mispronounced your name. He is ruled out as well. <laughs> we got tight end Dallas Gobbert back up to Zach Ertz. He is listed as questionable. Linebacker Kamui. Oh my God. Kamui Grog Hill with a knee injury. He is ruled doubtful. And wide receiver Elshon Jeffrey is ruled questionable. Oh, hold up. Sorry, I missed one. Quarterback Nate Sherfield is also ruled questionable. Oh my Lord. Okay. Welcome. I, I talk too much. Just t- take over, man. I, I, what do you have to, what's your thoughts on the injury report? <laughs> I, was I think we just we, we, we just gonna cut off it on there. there there's a there's a lot more. Um, you know, we got Fletcher Cox. He, had, he was a full participant, but man, they're they're really banged up. <laughs> As you can see, it's, it's for some reason it seems like our Lions team is these first few weeks we're we're getting we're getting by, and we're getting pretty lucky playing these teams that are extremely banged up so early. Mm-hmm. I and mean, the lines are healthy for the most part. Yeah, we're healthy for the most part. I mean, a lot of most most teams by week three are usually healthier than they are, you know, down the stretch. Mm-hmm. But this is this is a really long injury list, and there's a lot of key guys on there. They might be out of both of their starting wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Most likely, both of those guys are not playing. Actually, I don't think both of those guys are playing. Sean Jeffrey and Sean Jackson. Well, D. Jackson's already both. ruled out. Yeah, D. Jackson's already ruled out. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey's in. A, he didn't practice all week. Nope. 
So I don't think he's going to play on Sunday. So they're going to be out of both of the wide receivers. So this is huge. This is huge, and this is something that Detroit needs to take advantage of. You know, the opportunities in front of us, you know, you can't feel sorry for these guys. You got to go out there and do your job. Yeah. Um, going into this week, before seeing this injury report, before watching that Atlanta Falcons game that they played on Sunday night, um, I was not really high on this game for the Lions to win, but like you mentioned, man, the Lions got to take advantage of the situation right now. This Eagles team is banged the hell up right now. They are banged up, man. And Carson, Carson Wentz is not fully healthy right now. Yeah, Carson Wentz is not fully healthy. Let's break down the offense. So we, we broke down let's, the injury report. Let's just get straight into this offense. So we're going to list that the guys who are out, we're going to list their backups and everything. So Carson Wentz, who is not 100% right now, is listed as their quarterback. Um, so that's, that's definitely interesting. You know, if our D line could play to their actual potential, I don't know how long Carson Wentz could stay in this football game. Honestly, if this D line could play to their potential and generate pressure, which they haven't been doing the first two weeks very much of. So, um, it's definitely gonna be interesting. And you look at the running back, you know, crew, um, it's, it's not great either. You got Miles Sanders, the rookie first two weeks. Hasn't looked Looks special. Awful. Yeah. Hasn't looked Looks special. Awful. Um, Jordan Howard has definitely not looked like the Jordan Howard that we remember playing in the NFC North, the Chicago Bears. And then this guy's still in the league, Darren Sproles. He's still making yeah. plays, too. He's, he's still making plays. He's a good punt returner still. Kick, you know, he's, he's, he's doing his thing. <laughs> yeah. And then the wide receivers, man. You take out Alshon Jeff, you take out Sean Jackson, you got J.J. Arcega, Whiteside, who was their second-round pick this year. You got Mac Hollins. You got Nelson Aguilar, who is crazy to say he's the he's the veteran of the starting wide receiver group, and he's still young as hell, and he's not nowhere near <laughs> a wide receiver one. Um, so Wait, yeah, you had you had you had a pretty interesting comparison about him. Who, who did you compare him to? I, I did compare him to uh, the Eric Ebron of wide receivers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I compare oh. Nelson Aguilar to the uh, the Eric Ebron of wide receivers. He's he, he's a he's kind of a drop in machine as well as as much as Ebron. You know he 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 kind of like Ebron. He can make, he has those, like those splashy plays that he gives you the hope of potential, and then he just drops the ball in key situations. Did you watch the you were in Detroit? You probably weren't watching football last night or last oh, Sunday. But how how was Lobster Fest by the way? Lobster Fest was really good, man. Lobster Fest, and then we ended it off in the casino at MGM Grand. And wow, we got lucky. <laughs> Between me and my wife, we um we, we we came up. We came up. I can just say we came up. Okay. <laughs> right. well, I'm just gonna tell you, watching that football game Sunday night, there's a lot of injuries, like we mentioned. And then Nelson Aguilar, man, he just he he'll give you your fantasy points. He'll, like he'll do the job. It's just gonna take a shit ton of like tries to let him do the job. It's kind of like Ebron, man. It just takes a lot of attempts to get the job done. You know, he drops the ball in key situations, like what Ebron did in Detroit. He is he's kind of like my Eric Ebron of wide receivers, both first round picks as well. So, um, yeah, no, nowhere near wide receiver one, and I think he's kind of for the wide receivers at least. He's kind of going to be the guy that we have to worry about the most, but. Other than that, this is where this is more of the strength of their offense. I kind of named their not strength of the offense. Tight end Zach Ertz, he's going to be a problem, man. He's going to be a problem. 
So the first two weeks, the Detroit Lions have not faced a really good receiving tight end. You know, the Lions didn't face Hunter Henry last week because of an injury. And then week one, Arizona just doesn't really have a receiving tight end. So the Lions kind of got their test this week with the Philadelphia Eagles to see what they could do with Zach Ertz. So who exactly do you think the Lions will, if they do play man coverage, who do you think will be on Zach Ertz from this Lions defense? I think it's going to be a mixture of um, Tavai. I think it'll be a mixture of Tavai and um, one of our safeties. You're looking at either, um, you know, Tracy Walker or, you know, or, or Diggs. Mm-hmm. And with this team, I mean, with this wide receiving core, I'll press. I'll, if, if I was a coordinator, I'll press these guys. I'll press these guys. And I would probably double Ertz, Zach Ertz. And I'll just bring pressure on, on, on Carson Wentz all day. But uh, is, is he going to do that? I don't know. I mean, because I, I trust my secondary over this receiving core. So if I were to press these guys, I trust that my, my secondary will be able to hold their own against this, this wide receiving core. They don't have nobody elite. They don't have nobody that – they don't have no legends. They don't have no Hall of Famers. They don't have no, there's no Larry Fitzgerald. There's no, there's no Keelan Allen on this team. Um, so I really trust – my secondary against this re- receiving core. Now, uh, that's going to be just an interesting thing. If we do that, I think it's going to be a very, very, very easy game because they don't have nowhere else to go to. Yeah. Whoever, Slay's co- whoever Slay's covering, I don't think they're going to throw it to his side. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, because you assume Aguilar is going to come out of the slot, so you assume a lot of Justin Coleman on Nelson Aguilar. So you're looking at Slay against the rookie. Second round pick, JJ, Arcega, Whiteside, or are you looking at wide receiver Matt Collins? And um, Slay's people, taking one of those guys out. Yeah, and people have tuned out on Slay for some reason after Keenan Allen, but then, you know, obviously made up for it. Um, don't worry about Slay this week on either one of those guys. I'll just say that. And, and the thing about Slay, people got to understand, it's not easy to play a cover one defense when you don't have a pass rush. You got to look at, uh, we didn't put much pressure on Phillip Rivers. So, yeah, he was able to find Keenan Allen a lot. Slay got beat a lot. It, but from what he's doing, he's doing a hell of a job. And going to our defensive line and generating pressure, if they could generate pressure on this Philadelphia Eagles offensive line, I think our season is saved because they don't have any injuries up front. This is probably a top five offensive line in the league with the Philadelphia Eagles. They, they, so, they can so protect. You're, you're telling me we're actually playing a good offensive line this week? We're, we're playing. Yeah, this is not the this is like the Arizona Cardinals. This is not the, the banged up Chargers offensive line. This is a, a top five legit offensive, offensive unit, offensive line. Mm-hmm. So if they are able to turn it around this game, I think our season is saved. Because from here on out, I, I can see them putting pressure on everybody. If they could generate pressure with that offensive line, they're going to be able to put pressure on anybody. I definitely agree. You know, we do play some other good offensive lines if they're healthy, like the Chicago Bears are pretty solid offensive line. And, you know, we'll get in more into that when, we, you know, we actually play them. But, yeah, the Philadelphia offensive line is very solid. I kind of want to name off the guys right now. So the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line, you got left tackle Jason Peters and. We all, know about Jason Pe- yeah, we all know about oh, Jason bro. Peters, man. Good-ass left tackle. Left guard, Isaac Samulo. I don't really know much about him, I'm not going to lie. 
Other guys are very solid. Center, Jason Kelsey, right guard, Brandon Brooks, and right tackle, Lane Johnson. So that's a really good offensive line, man. And yeah. I agree, man. If this Lions could generate pass rush on the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line, put Carson Wentz in situations, then, yeah, you could play a lot of man coverage, man. We'll let you know, our corners worry about their shaky wide receivers because their wide receivers are not great by any means. And I agree what you were saying, double-team Zacherts. I think that is a key because I think he's kind of the only guy on this offense if Elshon Jeffries a no-go that really threats me in this, you know, this offensive game, really. He's like the only guy, honestly. Yeah, he's, I'm only not- the real, yeah, he's like the only real threat. I could see um, Nelson Igar make some plays. He, To be honest, I know you compare him to Ebron, but I could see him make plays, uh, especially if – if they do go to that cover one, and it just, it just you know, Coleman and Aguilar, I think it's going to be like a 50-50 battle. Um, I don't see like a complete sh- shutdown there. But we'll see, man. Uh, maybe they can adjust. Who knows? Slay might be on them. Who knows? Because mm-hmm. Nelson Aguilar, with that receiving core, he is their best receiver. Mm-hmm. He goes down to the best receiver. So what is um, Matt Patricia going to do? Is he going to put Slay on, on, on Aguilar, or is he, is he going to have Slay just cover you know, his side of the field. Well, would you think it would be ideal to, let's say Nelson Aguilar strictly in the slot, do you think it would be ideal to put Darius Slate in the slot against Aguilar? I, I would test it out first. Just like okay. they did with Larry Fitzgerald, I'll test it out first, um, see how you do, see how Coleman, you know, reacts to it. If Coleman is getting beat, especially that, you know, might be costing us the game, then you put Slate on him. So, yeah, I think you, so you roll with Coleman at first. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I'll, I'll roll Coleman at first. Um, see how he does, see how he reacts. But if he's getting beat, just like um, you noticed when we played Arizona Cardinals towards the the overtime when Darius Jones is beating Coleman over and over. He was beating Coleman, being he was beating um Tracy Walker. They put Slay on him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that's that's what good teams do. They they got to adjust. Um, you know, figure out what you have first, adjust, and then go from there. I definitely agree. So. Yeah, so I think the key of this, this you know, stopping this Philadelphia Eagles offense is generating a pass rush. If we could somehow generate a pass rush and these corners do their job and the secondary does their job, I think we should be able to stop them on offense and stop them to a low-scoring game, honestly. Yeah. All right, so you got, let's take a quick commercial break, and we will hop into this Philadelphia Eagles defense. We'll be back, guys. Yep. There are countless ways to keep us on what's happening in the world of sports. But how are you supposed to read every great article? How are you supposed to watch every awesome highlight without losing time in your busy day? Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. Now coming to the stage is Axios Sports. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. Each morning you'll see the best stories from around the sports world from the NBA and NFL to niche sports like cricket and ping pong. The email newsletter highlights the most important stats and trends giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up. Sports.axios.com Axios Sports is clean, crisp, and gives you everything you need to know. Read it in five minutes in the elevator or discover a deep dive article while you're on the train to work. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the cool person sharing an amazing link with your friends and coworkers. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. 
And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Do yourself and your time a favor. Sign up for the Axios Sports newsletter for free at sports.axios.com. Seriously, I subscribe to it, and it makes me feel more informed without spending time clicking through websites, apps, and social media platforms. Again, try it for free at sports.axios.com. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it other than seeing a doctor. The same is true for electrolyte dysfunction. Study shows 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides your treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in a discreet packaging right to your door with a free two-day shipping. Guys, go to your doctor. Electron dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get it checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and a free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right, guys, we are back. Let's get into this Philadelphia Eagles defense. So, we talked about their offense. This defense is solid and not as banged up as with their offenses. So I want to get into this this defensive line, which is which is pretty solid. The so, strength of the team pretty much. Yeah, so at the left side of the defensive end, you got Brandon Graham. And, you know, if you guys watched Super Bowl, what was it, 51, when they played the Patriots, you saw Brandon Graham make that huge play on Tom Brady to seal the game and get Philadelphia Super Bowl. And I'll just say this, he hasn't really slowed down since. You're a Michigan Wolverines fan. You know about Brandon Graham, man. He's a beast. Left defensive tackle, Fletcher Cox. So you know what Fletcher Cox is gonna do, man. He's he's yeah. a guy, not a guy you want to run on, man. He could stop that run immediately. They are missing a big right defensive tackle and Tim Jernigan. They're actually but they have. With, they're they're rolling with one of our former guys, Akeem Spence, yeah. man. So um, that's definitely gonna be interesting. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to seeing Akeem Spence. You know the Lions did a good job. When we played um last year when he was on the Dolphins, you know they ran the ball good on Akeem Spence and uh, I, I don't remember who the other defensive tackle was for the Dolphins that time, but the Lions did a good job, man, uh, against Akeem Spence. So I'm interested to see what he could do, but this time he's paired up with Fletcher Cox, so it's definitely going to be a different battle. Yeah. And then and then at the right side of the defensive end, you got Derek Bennett, who is a solid player as well. And then as their depth, they got Benny Curry, who is a solid football player in this. In this league as well so they got a good defensive line man it's going to be i think very tough for this Lions offense to run on this philadelphia eagles front four man because uh, you look at the 
both previous games, the Falcons weren't really able to run the ball. The Redskins weren't really able to run the ball. And the Lions have not really shown much to run the ball against the Cardinals and the Chargers, who were weaker front sevens. So I'm not really optimistic of the Lions being able to run the ball against this Philadelphia Eagles front four. I I agree with you. This, and this is the thing. Just like I talked about the offense, as far as, um, you know, we could put pressure on that offensive line, our season is saved. I say the same thing here. If we're able to run the ball on this defensive line, I think our season is saved. That means they figured it out up front. You know, their pass section will be on point. But, yeah, this this front four is a really good front four. And and about this front four, I'm going to talk about the, the, their two edge. If they these guys are able to, you know, just make one move and get past our tackles like it was week one, it's going to be a long night. Stafford's going to get hit a lot. You're going to see a lot of fumbles. You're going to see a lot of, you know, hurry, hurry throws. We can't have it. We can't have that. So these guys need to step it up. Or it's going to be a long night offensively. As far as if Sapphire have to drop back and pass this ball and their ta- our tackles not doing their job, it's not going to look good. I definitely agree, man. So um, I think it's going to be tough for the Lions to run the ball more than what you're comparing to the Lions defensive line getting pressure on their offensive line. I'm, I'm like a little more worried if the Lions starting a run game than the Lions defensive line generating pe- pressure on Carson one. So um, I'm not really optimistic this week on the Lions getting a run game going this week. I'm really not. The the only reason why I am kind of because they, they're on something. I think the whole everything of them releasing CJ Anderson and saying, look, Ty, you're the man. You're, you're going to be the backup for carry on. I think they're on to something. So I want to see how that one-two punch looks um, before I just say, you know, they, they're running games out the window. Who knows, man? Yeah. I Ty mean, Johnson I, gets gets just a little hole. He could Ty Johnson's a guy that he could break a sixty yard run. Um he has that yes. type of speed. That speed. He has that type of speed. So I just I, I want to see how it goes. Yeah, I mean it it's definitely gonna be interesting. I'm not saying that this run game is completely out of hand, like that this run game's gonna suck all year. I'm just not really optimistic this week against the Philadelphia Eagles front floor, man. It's just, it's scary. It's a scary line. <laughs> it is especially a scary with, line. Especially with Fletcher Cox up there in that middle, man. It's, it's tough to run that ball on him. So let's get yeah. into the linebackers. They got some pretty solid linebackers. They're going to be missing one of their starters. But on the outside, they got Zach Brown and they got Nathan Gary, who will be stepping in for Kamu Gruger Hill. I'm sorry. I, I mispronounced your name. I'm sorry. Buddy. It's, it's all good. <laughs> So on the outside, they will have Zach Brown and Nathan Gary. And then in the middle, you got Nigel Bradham. So solid linebacker group as well. I don't know very much about Nathan Gary, but the other two, man. I know about Zach Brown. I know I know about Nigel. It's a good linebacker. Yeah. So um, they got a solid front seven. That's what I'm going to yeah. say. So very, it's, very it's, solid. And uh, on top of that, a lot of people, a lot of people might, might be familiar with the defensive coordinator, um, Jim Schwartz. He's a hell of a coordinator, um, and he he likes putting pressure on quarterbacks. He likes putting pressure on quarterbacks. So I just want to see how we're able to attack this defense. Yeah, this is a very good defense, man. And I think this is kind of going to be one of those games where it's going to be a very low-scoring game kind of compared to the Los Angeles Chargers game last week. So it's kind of be where you kind of want to stay in this game because the Eagles' offense is banged up. 
And this Philadelphia Eagles defense is really good, and the Lions offense hasn't really showed too, too much in the first two weeks to kind of give you the optimistic that they'll just kind of like cap off against the Eagles defense. But, you know, it's definitely going to be interesting. But let's get into their secondary. And their secondary is... Uh, it is a weekly. They got good safeties, but cornerbacks, man. And cornerback one is Ronald Darby. And Ronald Darby is not a bad wide receiver, but when you pair him up with the number one wide receiver like they did with like Julio Jones last week, um, I mean, even Terry McLaren, man, on the Washington Redskins kind of exposed him. And, yeah, it's not uh, good. And I think you put like a guy like Kenny Galladay on him or a guy like Marvin Jones on him, the line should be able to expose that guy as long as they have time in the pocket. You know, I, I'm telling you that yeah. the Eagles do have a good front seven, but if the Lions do have time in the pocket, their offensive line does hold up. There's no reason at all the Lions should not be testing these corners. The only corner they got aside of him is Avante Maddox. So um, none of those guys are nowhere near a cornerback one to me. Neither of them. Uh, I think Ronald Darby is he's solid. Like I said, I don't think he's a number one corner, though, in this league. I don't think he could be a number one corner for any football team in this league. And that's not a shot to him. I just don't think he's a number one corner in most systems. Safeties are, you know, strong safety. You cannot count out Malcolm Jenkins. You know, he's a playmaker out there. He's been doing it for a really long time. He's definitely their strong suit of their their secondary. And he's kind of going to be their guy that carries that secondary. Free safety is Ronnie McClued. Another solid safety, not on the same you know, level as Malcolm Jenkins, but solid safety. But if the Lions are going to expose anything out of this defense, because I, like I said, I think it's going to be hard to run this ball. It's got to be in the passing game, and it's got to be testing those corners. You've got to test Ronald Darby. You've got to test Avante Maddox, because like I said, number one wide receivers that the first two weeks have exposed Ronald Darby. Julio Jones, arguably one of the best wide receivers right now in the league. And a guy not many people know about unless you play fantasy football, Terry McLaren, man. He exposed him week one. So um, I think if they put Galladay on Darby, i test that a lot in this game. I really would. Hey, I agree with you, man. If it was there, you got to take it. But because the NFL is such a copycat league, you got to look at what the Falcons did so well against this team is they actually allowed the pressure to come through. And they threw a lot of screen passes. They killed them on the screen game. Um, because when when you're so aggressive on the line, you, you're more vulnerable to, to, to the screen game. And if you break one or two tackles, you could take it off. It's like you see that, that Julio Jones play where he took off on that screen. The screen is going to be, I think that's going to be key for this game. Screen, trying to get one-on-one opportunities, one-on-one matchups. I don't think they have a guy that could cover Hawk. So Hawk might be in for a, a pretty big game. We might see a, a Dola sighting. You know, Dola might come back this game. And who knows, Marvin or Kenny Galladay might have a, a huge game. Um, If I had to take a, you know, flip a coin, I'm going to say it's going to be Marvin Jones this week. Who knows? It depends on who they're going to give that one-on-one opportunity to. And when I was watching, because I actually went back and watched some of the game, um, just so you don't, the, the, the coach's film version of it, they, they had a lot of single-high safety. They play, they play a lot of single-high. A lot of times. Single high. They even ran a couple cover zeros, which is just all out blitzes. That's that's a Jim Schwartz type thing. But you gotta take advantage. You see a one on one opportunity with a, one of their corners and you see Marvin Jones out there or um you know, Darby against Galladay one on one, you gotta take that shot. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that's 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 what we're going to see in this game. A lot of one-on-one opportunities take the shot. I think the screen game is going to be very viable. Who knows? McKislick could get a screen, you know, some screen plays and might be able to take some screens the distance. So we'll, we'll see, man. I want to see how they're going to game plan against this game. I, I, I trust Bevel. I, I definitely agree. I think you made a really good point because we mentioned how good this Philadelphia Eagles front four is, their front seven in general is. It's going to be hard for our our offensive line to kind of hold them back because, you know, they're going to generate pressure. They blitz a lot. Um, the good thing about our quarterback, he loves pressure, man. He loves getting that pressure because he could release that ball super fast and there's going to be someone one-on-one and he's going to take advantage of it. I think a lot of quick passes are going to be necessary in this game. Like you said, Danny Amendola, TJ Hawkinson are going to be kind of my key guys looking out for this game. Jesse James as well. Yeah, you got to look for the quick pass game. Screen pass game is going to be huge in this game. I don't know how much time Stafford's going to have in the pocket to sling that ball deep to Galladay or to Marvin Jones. So it'll definitely be super interesting. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just really excited, man. I think it's kind of like I said in the beginning of the podcast. I think it's just going to be a low-scoring football game. I don't think either team is going to really be able to run the ball really efficient. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be kind of one of those ugly grinded out football games and I, I don't call it ugly but a lot of people call it ugly I love grinded out football games and just you know fight for fight for points defensive battles a lot of people like to call it boring I, I find it fascinating I find it super exciting and I'm not gonna lie I'm super excited for this Sunday versus the Eagles all right guys let's get into our bold predictions so like I said Peter is not here with us on this podcast but he did drop off a score prediction and his bold prediction. So I'm going to read off his and shit, I'm going to say this is bold as hell. His, his score prediction is reasonable. He has the Lions going 20-17 to 17, and his bold prediction is Trey Flowers getting three sacks in this football game. So, um, like we like we like to mention, bold predictions. Is he going to get Jason Peters? He is going to get Jason Peters. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> 16, he's he's going to pay 60 million, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, sixteen million. Let's go. <laughs> okay, Malcolm, what do you got for your score prediction and bold predictions? I have seventeen, seventeen to thirteen, Lions. Um, and and I'm just gonna say this: the Philadelphia Eagles they start off slow. The last two weeks they start off very, very, very slow, and they, they actually pick it up in the fourth quarter. So we can't have a game that we let down. If we're if we're up in this game. Because they start off slow, you gotta keep you gotta keep firing. You gotta keep set the course to that clock at zero. Because these guys in the fourth quarter they come alive. It's like they throw everything out the game. It's like they throw their whole game plan out the window. And like, look, two minute drills the rest of the game, and then that's their best game. So we gotta set the course. We can't take the foot off, take our foot off the gas pedal in this game because this team is known for their comebacks these last two weeks. So yep. I do have us winning. But we can't take our foot off the gas pedal because if we do, we're looking at another overtime game and possibly another either a goddamn tie or who knows what might happen, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's All right, your bold prediction? My bold prediction? I'm going to say this. Uh, bold prediction. Uh, for my bold prediction, I'm going to say J.D. McKistick is going to have one over 100 receiving yards in this game. Okay. I, I, I call that bold. <laughs> I call that bold. I, I call it bold. All right, so I just want to clarify real quick, and I feel like people, because this is the third week in a row, and I, I kind of don't like doing it, but like it's just kind of for our opinions, man. So we are 
I'm picking the Lions to win this week this as well. Um, and we're like, are these guys ever going to pick against the Lions? And I'm not going to lie to you. It, before I saw the Eagles and Falcons game, um, my early prediction was going to be the Eagles winning this football game. Detroit is flying to Philadelphia. It's going to be a tough game. Philly is a really good football team. But then I watched Sunday night. They lose their like almost their whole wide receiving core. They lose their backup tight end. They lose Tim Jernigan, a really good defensive tackle on that football team. They lose so many good football players in just that one football game that kind of just made me like change my whole opinion on the game. And he, Carson Wentz is not nowhere near a hundred percent. So I kind of changed my opinion. I'm gonna say. 14 to 13 Detroit. I think it's going to be a super close game. Uh, like I said, a low scoring, grit game, hard earning points. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I think it's going to come down to 14 to 13 Detroit Lions. For a bold prediction, I will say there will be five combined turnovers for both the Philadelphia Eagles and the Detroit Lions. I'm going to say there are going to be five turnovers in this game. So. That is my that's not, that's not bull. That's a curse. Why would you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I th- I, I'm telling you, man. I think it's going to be a you know very like just hard fought game. And I was looking at the weather forecast in Philly, and you're probably wondering what the hell does this matter? It's going to be a hot one over there. I, I didn't really expect a hot game over there because um, if you remember, what was it 2013? Uh, the Lions With played the there bowl? in Philadelphia. Yeah, they played the ice the, bowl? damn snow bowl, and this year we're playing in 89 degree sunny weather this year. So. Um, definitely going to be a change of scenery from that game back in 2013. But uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a low s- football game. Do have the Lions winning get 14 to 13? I'm just going to say I think it's going to be ugly though. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be a pretty football game. I kind of like the Chargers game. It wasn't pretty, but they won. So um, I was going to ask a question: Is um is Carson Wentz 0-1 against us? Yeah, he is 0-1. Uh, back in 2016, his rookie year, where he was 3-0, and coming into Ford Field, feeling confident. And, and, who, who, and this Slay like sealed that game with the interception? Game-winning interception. Tyron Walker forced a fumble towards the end of the game. Anthony Zettel keeps the ball in. Really good. You know, go watch, go re- watch the highlights of that football. I love yeah, that, that That's memories. Yeah, he hasn't beat us yet, so let's go. Yeah, I'm we, confident now. Yeah, that was week five, actually, sorry, in the 2016 season. And, uh, yeah, that was Carson Wentz's first loss in his loss. NFL career. First loss in yeah. his NFL career. We gave it he to was, him. Yeah, he was balling, man. And, uh, the Lions were 1-3 at that point, so a lot of people were like, the Eagles are going to kill us this game. And I believe the Eagles, I don't know if it's changed, but they were seven-point favorites when I last checked in Vegas. So um, it, it's similar to what it was in 2016. I'll say this. I, if, if this game was at Ford Fields, I think the Lions would have more control in this football game. I think it would be a, a better played football game if this game was at Ford Field. But I still do have them winning this football game, even though it is in Philadelphia, just because of the injuries going on for this football team. Lions got to take advantage of it. If they're going to convince me they're, you know, true division, they want to win for a division, they want to win playoff games, you know, you got to yeah. take advantage of these banged up teams, man. And you know, they might be good, but they're banged up. You're healthy. You might be getting two, you know, especially a really good guy in defense and Jared Davis back. So um, you got to take advantage of that. And I'll say, yeah, 14 13 is my score prediction. And yeah, five turnovers is my bold prediction. Five turnovers? Yeah. We, we got to take advantage of this. We can't we can't lose with a starting receiving court of uh, JJ Ar- Arcega Whiteside and 
Matt um, Collins. Mike Collins. We can't. We can't. We can't have an L to the to those to those guys. Just I don't know. Yeah. Especially if we want to contend. I mean, I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, Green Bay is looking good. Like we've mentioned, the NFC North report. They're two and zero versus two division games. So it's kind of a game you want to win on the road, and it would be a really huge confidence booster. I know we're looking really forward advanced, but you know, then you got the Chiefs next week, so that's going to be a super tough game. So if you could be able to pull this game out, you know, maybe split it, but going into the bye, in a lot better position than going zero and two than going into the bye. So pulling at least one of these next two games, I think, is very crucial for the Detroit Lions in. You know, let's hope they can pull it out on Philly this Sunday. But, yep, that is, that is it, guys. So, hope you guys enjoyed episode 43 of our preview of the Philadelphia Eagles. And we did miss Pierre this episode. So, um, good reason he has a test tomorrow. So, you know, he couldn't make it out. So, all good. But he'll be watching the football game Sunday. But that is all I got for you guys. And... Let's go Lions. See you guys. Peace. The Pride Podcast is sponsored by the D-Line, a lifestyle brand celebrated by Detroit and the great state of Michigan. The DLine.com for awesome apparel, stickers, and more. The DLine.com for Detroiters made by Detroiters. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.